0: Man, I love me. I love me and that's a fact. We're back with another episode of the Who You Love series on the Life IQ podcast. And today we're talking about how we love ourselves and how we care for ourselves. Personally, getting to a point where I know how to love and appreciate myself has been a journey, much like a lot of things in life. So I caught up one of my boys, one of my closest friends, to talk about health, talked about love, we talked about routine, and a whole lot of basketball. Uh, What I loved about this conversation was it was so raw, it was so real, and it was packed with a lot of laughs. So I hope that as you listen, you laugh too. And as always, I hope that you learn something. So with that being said, let's get into it. So for this entire topic, I was thinking about who I could bring on, and I really wanted to bring people who I was very close with uh, to have these sort of more intimate conversations. Uh, and so the guests for today, a heavy throwback. I'm not one of those people who like lives in the glory days, but I think it's appropriate that we say we were co-captains for the Colonel By Secondary School Senior Boys Basketball Team in grade 12 way back in the day um, that season really not important for me to say, but I just want to point out that I started every single game, didn't come, didn't come off the bench for a single game. This guy was nice, you know, he was dunking the ball, but there were a few games where my boy came off the bench, and I'm not hating on bench players, but, you know, yeah, I just had to, to put that out there. But, you no, know, over time, I think when it comes to talking about topics of relationship with ourselves and mental health, oftentimes being a guy, it's not the most, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, um, but one reason why I really cherish the relationship I have with our guest today is that I think, even just all the way back to our conversations in grade 12, we were always very real and vulnerable. Um, and then going to university, and now that we've both graduated, about just being open and reflective when we talk to each other. So I thought, you know, it was only right to, to bring him on the pod and, and have a conversation about, you know, how we show ourselves love. So, with no further ado, I want to introduce my boy, all the way from Montreal. Aiden Neal, welcome to the Life Like You podcast. How you doing, big fella? Thank
1: you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh can I can I rescind the invitation? I didn't know you were gonna talk talk about that fateful <coughs> faithful season. But no, but I, the
0: thing the thing, you know, I, I kinda talked about him coming off the bench, but Aiden was the only person dunking that season consistently. Um I've I've had a lot of knee issues. So I have bounced back in the day, but the knee issues I was I was living bounce? I was living under the rim for most of that season.
1: The rim grazer. If anybody out here has heard of that. That yeah was, uh, i had the rim, days was nickname yeah
0: i had the rim grazer dunk package but Aiden how's life bro how's, how's it going
1: i'm good i'm good thank you for having me on the show man this is dope uh i gotta let the audience know man uh the first time that i saw that this was coming up I, I texted david i was like dude so down i love it this is an awesome thing and then he's like hey you want to be a guest i was like fake yeah i knew no, it
0: no i mean bro it, it only made sense because and i've told you this before but I mean, our relationship is one where we're not, obviously, we're not talking every single day. Um, We both have our priorities and things that we got to do with life, but I feel like every time we connect, it's always a two to three hour conversation where we talk about literally everything. Um, And I've always admired just your whole approach to to your mental health, because, you know, we can get into this a little bit more, but playing as a high performance athlete you know you played uh, a couple years to you Ottawa like on the practice squad but you had some like really crazy injuries and a couple of those I was like with you on the court when they happened and you know it's it's it was a journey for you in terms of just like being at the lowest of lows and then getting back to your very energetic social self so it only made sense to, to get you on before we get into all of that stuff, um, what have you been up to? I know I know you're living in Montreal right now. You guys got a curfew going on. So you probably don't get too much time to do all the things that you'd like to do. How's that How's that been?
1: Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked. First of all, I got to preface this with, uh, like David said, usually our conversations are two or three hours. And it's been a while since we had a catch-up. So I got to try and like keep it keep it concise. <laughs> 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 First Um But no, I, I appreciate that you asked that. Yeah, the lockdown sh- situation is just like, I mean, any Canadian knows kind of sucks. Uh, but especially in Montreal, we still have that curfew. The Curfew sucks. Um, but I can't say that it's like absolutely. It's not it doesn't kill everything. It just it's doing what it what it's intended to do. It really does kill spontaneity. It kills any potential for hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really big uh, component of my life is, is uh, social relatedness. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit more, too. But for sure, it's just not, uh, it's not ideal and I'm excited for it to be over at some point yeah. once it's safe. But uh, otherwise, you know, we're making do, Isabel and I, as my girlfriend, for those Yeah. I will mention it probably quite often. Um, we, you know, we made the most of it. We're in a one bedroom, but we've got 900 square feet. So it's like
0: Blast. definitely
1: livable. It's not Toronto.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's <laughs> affordable. It's not.
1: And uh we live in uh, in a great neighborhood too. We live in the Plateau in Montreal for a very affordable price as well. And so uh, now that it's summer, we got our 500 square foot uh, rooftop terrace open. So wow. we're just we're chilling. And I'm saying all of that because I really want to emphasize that we are extremely lucky to have so much space mm-hmm. uh, to be able to afford the space that we have. Uh, and I have to say that it was a huge factor in both of our, uh, getting through this thing. So Mm -hmm. it's awesome to have that space and to have a bit of separation of space here and there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but how has it been, you know, obviously you've been to Isabel for a while now before you, you weren't living in the same space. So how has it been moving into the same space, but then having to do that with this quarantine? Like, how has that, what's that experience been like?
1: I'm not throwing it on the bus. This is just a real I'm question. Just, no, I'm also, just saying. Like, be, just yo, this is gonna be difficult not to name drop people. I gotta. I I, I like went through a mental note like ten times. So I was like, we gotta talk. but It's a conversation, but it's it's not a normal catch up. We don't get to trash people. So yeah, yeah. no, I'm <laughs> just saying like,
0: just in case you know, just in case you're like, yo, I hate living with Isabel. Um, I just want to know like, should I send her the episode after hey, listen, or not? She's
1: not. She's not even home yet. So <clears clears clears> okay, <throat> yo, <throat> give me the frank. give me the tea. Uh, give me the tea. <laughs> the tea. Okay. So. No, it's actually dope. Yeah. (laughs) Super chill. We're very different personalities. She's very introverted. uh, Not extremely. She's like, she loves people. It's just, Mm -hmm. she's not the one to reach out. And I'm the other end of extroversion. Mm -hmm. uh, And I really, really like being around people. So it's great. It's really great to compliment uh, each other's personality. But yeah, given this, like moving in together, we moved in in August, which is obviously during the pandemic craziness it was relatively calm at that point. So it wasn't too big of a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then being locked down through winter together um, with the curfew, with everything was absolutely challenging, but it's not like it was, I don't know. It's just like, it's, we we both just get along with each other so well. It's just, yeah, it wasn't really an issue,
0: yeah. Oh, that's dope, man. Yo- for for those listening right now, get a partner that talks about you the way Aiden talks about Isabel. That's all I'll say. I don't give oh, a look. Of- I'm
1: the biggest fan, man. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I yeah. gas her up
0: no matter what. I like that, bro. I, I like to hear that. Um, so actually, it kind of fits in perfectly what we're talking about today. The, the main question is who you love. Clearly, um, you love Isabel, uh, but you know this episode is not about. It's not about the romantic relationship. It's about the relationship with yourself when it comes to your love life and how you show yourself love and what that kind of looks like. So my first question for you, um, just because like I mentioned before, I really love that when we talk, we are very open about our situations and things that we're thinking about. But if you were to take a step back to maybe your upbringing or going through middle school and high school, do you remember like the first time that you started to consider your mental health on like a day-to-day basis? And if you can just tell us like what that experience was like for you.
1: Hmm, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, when did I start considering mental health? Um, definitely young. So I'm privileged to have a mother who's a psychotherapist as well. Give her a so shout something out. Something that's always been. Oh, shout out Sandra Neal, the OG, Sandra. the GOAT.
0: Sandra's a real one. Throwback to, to tournament days. Sandra always will pick me up however early, drop me off however late to, to get to the tournament. So shout out Sandra,
1: yo. Respect. Um, yeah, so I, and I love that we talked about we're talking about my mom because she's also gonna be, I say Isabel and my mom are gonna be the two most uh, most common themes here uh, mm-hmm. because loving myself has a lot to do with with their love and their support uh, throughout my entire life. So, yeah, so basically when I was when I was young, uh, my mom wasn't a psychotherapist at that point, but she's um she was a social worker and she worked uh, she always worked at my schools. She worked at my elementary school when I was in elementary school. And then mm-hmm. just when I thought I had enough of her, a year before I was about to graduate elementary school, she moves over to high she, school. That's crazy. That's Can't crazy. get away. <laughs> so yeah, so I've just always been, uh, I've always been in the same school with my mom and my mom kind of like moved in between sort of special ed to like uh, supporting students and being, uh, she was actually a spiritual counselor at mm-hmm. uh, my high school. Zero spirituality in our family, which is hilarious. But anyway, it was basically she was a counselor. So I've always had that um, I've always had that influence for sure. I've always had her wisdom. I've always had her guidance whenever I was upset, whenever I was sad, whenever I was feeling lonely, misunderstood, I felt misunderstood a lot. Um, And she was always there as a as that support. So I would say at a very young age, I kind of had a a somewhat of a grasp of mental health. But I actually started seeing a therapist when I was like 10, uh, maybe 11. Uh, and it was because I was just I was angry. I was angry all the time, and that's I think those are kind of those moments when you start thinking about those deeper, more existential questions. You know, you wouldn't think that a child can think about those things, but you really you do. You mm-hmm. have a, you have a chat with a ten year old, the kid's going to tell you some weird shit, and you're going to be like, holy, this guy is, mm-hmm. you know, he's on one. He's on one. But actually, that's actually he's they're thinking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not a foreign concept. Um, but I grew up in rural Quebec. There were not, uh, many services available to us. It was rare to even think about talking about your mental health. A lot of it is like, you know, just you're living in the backwoods. Everybody just drinks the day away and you repress, repress your feelings, repress your emotions, repress your trauma, and you don't really talk about it. So it was a big thing. Retrospectively, it was a huge thing uh, that my mother helped me seek out a uh, psychotherapist when I was such a, at such a young age because I was, like I said, I was mad, man. I was yeah. I was pissed at everybody, and I didn't know why I was. I was just Straight mad up. at everybody all the time. I couldn't stand anybody. I could I went to school. I loved my friends, and it was great. It was great. It was great. And all of a sudden, one person. It took one person it to piss you alive. I was gone. I was gone. <laughs> So, and that comes from, that comes from your, that comes from all your life experiences. And I know like you you can relate to that. Everybody yeah. can relate to that.
0: No, I can, I can relate definitely on the topics of repression and anger. Um, I remember like some of my earliest memories when I was quite young, I have an older sister, Lois, who's a year and a half older than me. Um, and sometimes like if she was ever feeling ill or had to go to the hospital, I would feel it so much that I would just start crying. Like I was just, That was just my reaction to it because I was just like, wow, my sister's in a lot of pain or she's not feeling well. And, you know, that affects me. And I remember, you know, obviously growing up in like an an African uh, community, Nigerian specifically. But just overall, I think the the picture that's painted or I guess the expectation of uh, a Nigerian male is that you're very strong. um, You're not emotional. You're not sensitive. Um, So I think growing up, those were things that I was like. I can't be, you know, I can't be a man and be crying because my sister's sick and things like that. And and kind of like you too, I remember maybe probably preteen, early teenage years, I was always frowning for some reason. Like I would always just like walk around frowning. And shout out You're to my hard. mom, too, shout You're out to my hard. mom too. Yeah, <laughs> my mom would be like, why are you like, why are you always squeezing your face where you go everywhere? Like, smile more, whatever. Um, And that became like a gradual change to, you know, kind of the personality that I have now. Um, but it's crazy to think that as as early as 10 years old, you were seeing a therapist and we've kind of talked about, you know, the values of therapy and some other conversations. So how did that translate from, you know, being 10, then, you know, getting into middle school, going to high school, and then getting into your 20s? Like, how did that first experience with therapy kind of impact your journey since then?
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's a great question. Uh, and it's, it's a difficult question to answer too, because it's like, these are all things that are part of they're part of like your, your general reflection, right. About how, how have you gotten to the place that you're, that you are right now. And when you do those types of reflections, you always kind of think about all of the different components. One of those is mental health for sure. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that back then, do I know directly, I can say on uh, this day back in 2012, I felt great because I had therapy. No, like it was not, it's not because of that thing, you know, but it's, there are definitely like long-term benefits from it and Mm -hmm. the funny thing is closing the loop till now and i'll I'll backtrack a little bit too but like closing the loop to now because of uh because of the pandemic and because everything went virtual my mom as a psychotherapist went virtually uh i thought it was like wait a second this is the first time i can reconnect with my old psychotherapist and so i've actually reconnected with my old psychotherapist and i've been seeing her now for like a year Wow! Uh, so it's amazing to be able to close that loop. She has context about my life. Uh, She's from the same area, so she knows what's up. And uh, it's fantastic to be able to close that loop. And I think that the funny thing is the help that she, the help that she provided when I was a kid, I think was essential for me to understand that I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily misunderstood as much as I thought I was Um, I just had, I just had, I put a lot of expectations on myself. Mm -hmm. I, my dad skipped out when we were kids and like, didn't just, wasn't just absent, was very abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, was a terrible person. And so when he skipped out, you know, that leaves a child with a lot, filled with a lot of questions, a lot of resentment, a lot of why, right? Like, why did he leave me? I'm not good enough. is the automatic response. And that's something that I've been dealing with. A lot of my life, and it's something that so many people deal with. Is that nagging question in the back of your mind? Of and it's usually at the core of nearly any time that you feel that your ego is stepping in. Any time that you feel like you need to showboat. Any time that you feel like you need to project a persona. uh That's usually because you feel like you're not good enough, mm-hmm. right? So for me, as a kid, to to feel that when I was you know three, four, five years old, and to go through the shit that I went through, and then later have a a psychotherapist i can't say directly that it did something but i know that now yeah i mean you're more aware of it i'm in a completely different place and i seem to be at least decently aware of like when i feel something or how i feel something but that's i mean it's Yo, therapy kids like don't (laughs) don't just chalk it up nut. it is some serious stuff it is so helpful right that's yeah, I,
0: I felt it was important to, to ask those questions because I just wanted to set some context for who you are, for those who don't know who you are, and just a little bit of understanding. And I appreciate you being so open and honest about your experiences. Um, And, and when I sent you, like, the itinerary, what we we're going to talk about, I had said, like, what does good mental health look like for you? And you responded and said, can we take a step back and just say, what is what is good health? So I yeah. put that on you, like, what what does good health look mean to you,
1: Aiden. I love that you shouted that out. <laughs> but the, the thing with health is that right now, there's this, uh, just like anything, there are always sort of like these topics that become more popular out of necessity, usually. Yeah. And so mental health has been a very big topic over the last, like, couple, few, ten years-ish, we would yeah. say. Uh, relatively More recently. so, like, while we were in university. Yeah, relatively yeah.
0: recently, I would say.
1: While we were in university, I think, is when it started becoming more, like, athletes started speaking out about it. We started seeing, like, big athletes like DeMar DeRozan, uh, uh, Kevin Love, and that sort of thing. Yeah. That was great. And so when those things started happening, I think it became more of a – so it's now at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And – I'm really happy that it is. I'm really happy that it is. And like that first segment that we just talked about, like that it's such a huge component of my life. And obviously my mom's huge influence and like that, but there's something more to health uh, that people need to realize. And we always thought we talked about physical health and like physical health from the doctor's perspective, you know, eat your apple and do some push-ups, and you're going to be good. Right. Yeah. That's so short sighted. First of all, a lot of medicine in my opinion is super reaction, uh, reactive as opposed to preventative. Um, it's, and that's not necessarily a fault health healthcare system. It's policies. It's all this stuff like it's a huge there are many, many, many places where this could be improved. But one thing that you have in control of your life is improving how you your relationship with physical health. Uh, and that can come in many different ways. Is that a jog? Not for me. I'm a giant and my knees hurt. And yo did David see me blow out my knees. <laughs> yo, that was maybe maybe I'll save maybe
0: uh, I'll save that one for story time, but that was crazy. All I'm gonna, uh, say, no, okay. all I'm gonna say is that oh, there was good. a there was a jet at the YMCA, like it was like 15, 16 year old kid that was giving you the work. It was, no, okay.
1: He was he no, was working no, no, no. you anyway. I'm not, I'm not let's not you. get let's I'm the like guest, okay? You yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry he's not. Keep keep going, but, keep going. <clears> anyway, my knees. <laughs> but yeah, people's relationship with physical health. Like I said, it, it, it's, it comes down to like, what, what part of physical health do you enjoy? And like, how do you, how do you exercise? How do you like, what does that look like for you? Is that cardio? Is that um, strength training? Is that mm-hmm. playing basketball? Like, is that playing another sport? And is that solo sports? Is that uh, team sports? There are all kinds of different ways to get in your, to get your mileage in and to, to move. And our bodies are made to move. That is what we're here on this planet to do is to move. Don't make any mistake about it. It's not to it's not to build a drop shipping company and make like Amazon money. <laughs> it isn't. Um, it's to move. And yeah. So, yeah, I was just gonna hop in real so quick. Like on that piece
0: of physical health, um, I think even as simple as going on a walk, like that's something that I've started doing just within the past year, um, within quarantine. Not as much in the winter time, uh, but actually one of my friends did this walking thirty day walking challenge while it was getting a little bit colder, and I was I was really happy I got a chance to be part of that and and you know participate as much as possible. But I I think that sometimes when we think about physical health, it's like oh I got to be doing like the, the craziest hit workout you know or going on these runs, yeah. which I know is not for me. But just getting outside, going on on a nice walk, just the movement like you mentioned is such a huge proponent of even my mood changes when I go on a walk. Like tough day, tough day making calls, and then it's like five o'clock, five thirty hits. Let me go outside for like, and half an a half an hour or forty five minute walk before I, I get back into it. So even things as simple as that definitely make a difference. Uh, what's like the what's the next what's the next thing for you in terms of health?
1: Yeah, so there's 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 three components. There's mental health. So we covered it a little bit at the beginning, right? We talked about mental health, mm-hmm. like what I meant to mean, what it means to me, and that sort of thing. We talked about physical health, and obviously, like we can see the linkages between physical and mental health. Yeah the third branch of health that I think is so underwrapped, so underwrapped is social relatedness. It is so incredibly important to think about this. And this is not like some new stuff. Mm-hmm. This is shout out to Isabel, because she uh, is in health, in public health. And um, while we were talking about this, I was talking about how I I was going to rant about healthcare legislation, because I just get so riled <laughs> up about it. But we're, talk- <laughs> we're talking about um, the World Health Organization back in 1949. Uh, they established their idea of health like their their definition of health and it is those three components it's yeah. mental it's physical social relatedness and social relatedness is huge and in these times it's it's very important to remind ourselves that it is the basis of human society why do we why do we form cultures why do we form societies because we want to we want to feel like we connect with somebody we want to feel related to somebody why do you and i on a podcast and talk to each other virtually because we want to talk we want to see how each other is doing if this weren't a podcast we would be be doing this anyway yeah it
0: would be on on facetime that's it yeah you know when we're we're thinking about social relatedness and i think now that we're a year into this whole situation um, and i personally don't think that the kind of life that we're living is going away anytime soon as much as you know now we're in vaccine rollout i think the skepticism of like this is a thing that happened is is going to exist for for a few years at least um Mm -hmm. and i think personally like i've gone to a point where now i I am a bit more adjusted in my social life uh one of the other conversations i had was um i felt like on a timeline it was like at the very beginning our mindset was this is gonna last two months and I would say social relatedness was high. Everybody was on FaceTime. Everybody was on house party, like all these group calls, all these different games. And then it got to the middle part where it was like, Oh, like it's a bit more serious. And I think that's where people were just, or personally, like I was finding hardships with like even wanting to talk to people. Um, And, you know, one of the, the other episodes we did where I talk about, it was kind of a gift in, in sense of just like being able to get in touch with myself and do a lot of reflection and, you know, figure out who I was and put in all these different routines and stuff. But I think now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but I think now we've got to the point where we kind of understand now how or what our social lives would look like, even with quarantine in place. Um, and it's crazy, like how quickly like we could adjust. You know, you, you talk about a year, seems like a long time, but it is relatively quick when, you know, the first 24 years of our lives, I could walk down the street, knock on your door and we could chill. And then something happens where that doesn't—that's not a possibility anymore. But I think that we've come like a year now from that first lockdown to a point where I'm not really like I'm not really lacking when it comes to social life because I think I've come fully adjusted. But the point that you make, like when you put that together, like a quarantine situation with this like individualistic society that we live in, that might not be the case for everyone. Um, so you know, in that case, like my opinion would be that you try to balance the other two when it comes to like physical and mental, because now we've been been shown that the social might not always exist. Like it's something that we've definitely taken for granted, but there might be situations where like that is completely taken out of the picture. And then you just don't wanna be like off kilter at that point, you know? Coming up next, we break the rules and go crazy with a whole bunch of shout outs in the celebration of life segment. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening. The next segment is called The Celebration of Life. Uh, basically what that is, is the floor is yours, man. You give a shout out to whoever you want. Talk about why they're important to you. I kind of have like a prediction of who your shout out's going to be just based on the love of man vibes I'm getting from you right now. Um, but maybe I'll do my shout out first and then you go second. How does that sound? Or do you, do you want to go first? sir it's your show it is my show you know what you go first yeah (laughs) it's on you the pressure's on you
1: uh see see i was courteous and now you gotta cut you gotta match me i I understand this is what it was this is this is what happens when you co-captains with this guy
0: exactly
1: okay uh listen manuela episode two she broke the rules i'm gonna break the rules too What what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it
0: i just won't put out the episode (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's, that's fair. i'm not gonna yeah. lie um okay i gotta i gotta shout out i gotta shout out the og again the goat mama neil sandra mama neil's the real one sandra gotta do it uh taught me way too much in life uh lover isabel my rock gets me through everything always there to bounce off crazy ideas um, always there to support me and to check my ego holy shit that's important
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, not that David doesn't already check my ego but you know I need somebody here I feel you present I feel you you hear that present <laughs> you haven't been present in my life lately so anyway just putting me on um, blast bro facts. anyway <laughs> um, I do I do have to sh- I have to shout out one more though I have to shout out one more I gotta shout out Emilecki man rest in peace word Emilecki was a real one Died way too young, and I have to say the impact that she made on my life mm. is really serious. Uh, I was not even that close to her, and it it rocked me. It rocked me. It was a couple of days before my birthday. On top of it, when I heard the news, and it was just huge. It's 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 such a such a huge impact on my life. Such a huge impact on everybody's life who was around her. Mm-hmm. She was. Such an amazing person. She was already doing amazing things for everybody, and she had so much more to give. And I have to say, she's impacted me in so many ways. And I think about her constantly.
0: Right. She's
1: uh she's a serious guiding star for a lot of the things that I do because she she was so benevolent, so intelligent, so beautiful as spirit. Shout out Emma Licky.
0: Yo, shout out Emma. Uh, we love you. We miss you. Definitely, like one person that that was gone way too soon. Um. In terms of my shout outs, it's it's crazy. Like, cause I was I was gonna go like the Colonel Bai route. Uh, so for context, Colonel Bai is the high school that we attended. Um, just like a just a great four years. Um, when I when I got to Colonel By, I had just moved to Canada, so it was like my seventh time going to a brand new school, um, and getting there as like an awkward. I was probably like five foot eight at the time. Um, But but Colonel Bai just became like a part of a lot of our experiences. And I was going to try to challenge myself and do something crazy. I'm going to shout out every single member of the Colonel Bai senior boys basketball team from our graduating year.
1: Okay. So
0: the the danger here is if I I forget someone, I mean, odds are, odds are like not everybody on the squad is going to listen to this episode. But are you ready? Are you ready? all right yep, here we sir. go here we go so shout out obviously yours truly um shout out aiden troy close your eyes,
1: close your eyes. you got oh, a list fine.
0: no i don't have a list okay. oh you want me to cl- okay okay i don't have a list yeah, yeah, right yeah. i'm closing my eyes yeah, yeah. okay all right off the top i'm closing my eyes so there's no cheating shout out myself aiden chris malte sean Blair, troy curtis tristan patterson eddie Wu. Will Robinson, Tim, I don't know your last name, I'm sorry, uh, Sam Lee, Charlie Knowles, Kevin Huang, um... bro, I think I got everyone, hold on, am I missing someone? I'm pretty sure I got everyone, no. we got everyone. I'm different, Mr. Dempsey and Ms. Waddell, let's go. And Sarah Mack, mm-hmm. our manager. Let's go, Ah, man. There you go. Come on, fam. That's Damn, the whole okay, squad. Okay, 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 um, But okay. yeah, that was that was, a, that was a special time, man. That year was so fun. Uh, shout out
1: to... I thought you were going to forget Tim. I'm not going
0: to lie. Nah, shout out to him, bro. <laughs> uh, shout out to all the guys. Um, to Sandra, the OG, Isabel. And once again, Emma Lucky, Rest in peace. Uh, Sending love to her fam. So shortly after Aiden and I re- recorded the Celebration of Life, I actually realized I did forget a couple of players from the team. So I want to give a special shout out to Abjid Arun. And the last dude I forgot is actually one of my guys, Aaron Birch. Um, I feel bad because Aaron's been showing mad love on the podcast, sharing every week. Um, but the thing is, Aaron was a soccer player and When he made the team, we were all surprised, you know, because he wasn't that nice. But uh, now Aaron's my guy. So Aaron, hope you're not too mad with me. Shout out to you. Love you, bro. Now you get a, You know, you get your own special shout out. And now uh, back to the episode. Another thing I wanted to talk about, and that's become extremely important for myself during quarantine is the importance of sleep. Yo, I feel like I feel like I'm a new person. I just discovered how much of an impact eight hours has. And you know what's crazy? It's like you've been telling me this for years. <laughs> you've been telling me this. You probably like you're probably the person who's been talking to me the most. And I have some other friends that I've, you know, got to know through QSEN stuff. And after they've gone on, they've like been preaching this this sleep thing. But Aiden's literally been saying it for years, like, yo, sleep, all this stuff, stretching, like things like that. Um so in terms of like getting back to that topic of health, how has routine specifically sleeping properly Mm -hmm. had an impact on your health
1: okay i love that um that's a that's a very good question sleep is is super important this is just like full stop listen you sleep for a third of your life if you don't Mm -hmm. think it's important the door's there you're you're sleeping come on now
0: if you don't think sleep is important you're sleeping wake up (laughs)
1: ladies and gentlemen he has spoken (laughs) No, but seriously, that's that's actually that's the fact. Like, if you don't think that sleep is important, then then like you're you're kidding yourself, and you're really robbing yourself of a of a, of a potentially more fulfilled life. You're robbing yourself of a potentially more, uh, for lack of a better term, wakeful life. You're not as engaged. You, like, there are so many benefits. and I don't want to go the negative way. I'll say what the positives, the positive benefits of sleep are. Listen, it doesn't have to be eight hours. It's it's what works for you. So. Something like a sleep tracker, i got to fit that on. Um, different trackers, this is not actually a sleep tracker. It's actually a heart rate tracker, and it tracks your heart rate um, throughout the night. So then when you go into a, uh, a lower BPM uh, for a consistent period of time, it'll track whether that's like a, it'll say that that's a deep sleep or that's a light sleep or that's whatever, you know. Uh, to give me a general sense of where my sleep is at and what the different things in my life are. Um, if I change, make little um, adjustments to my daily, if I eat different foods, if I uh, work out, I don't work out, like if I have too much screen time, I want to see what, how that impacts my sleep. That's, that's me personally. I think that's a great place for some people to start, though. These trackers are like, you know, 100 bucks or less. Some of them are like 60 bucks, And they give you a really good baseline. And all it is is really like you, you just need it for about a month, really, mm-hmm. um, maybe two. And you just track what your sleep looks like. You make no adjustments, right? Like you you attack this like a research. I mean, I'm a research nerd. Like I do this stuff. I am like the reason why I talked to David about this so long ago is because I've been researching this for so long and because I've been been experimenting with it for so long. Um, Experimentation is the key to life. So in my routine, I've I've been just sort of tweaking it all the time and it's consistently changing. Um, But there are some baseline things that are that are very much the same. And I've had different routines based on different circumstances. While I'm working, my favorite routine, if I'm working, like, let's say, eight to four, uh, Monday to Friday, my favorite thing is I like to go to bed early-ish. Isabel works in the hospital, so her schedule is kind of all over the place. But when we get those awesome, like, nights together, we get to go to bed at a decent time. We'll go to bed around, like, you know, 9, 10, 11 sort of thing. Depends. Totally depends on what we're doing. And I like to get up at 7, 7.15, maybe 7.30. And right now, it's nice out. I'll go and play ball in the morning. Like, I'll just go shoot hoops for like 20 minutes. For me, that's a huge emotional towards move. Uh, it's how I process a lot is just that I'm just in a completely repetitive motion of just shooting the ball. So I, I'm processing in the background. I'll come home, make a coffee, drink the coffee real slow, uh, read a book, obviously I have a shower. i not no stinky man. And... I think that that reading a book in the morning has been one of the best adjustments to my routine because like right now i'm reading uh mlk's autobiography and reading about this man in the morning there's nothing more motivating holy shit, this guy is just a great great motivator and that's i wanted to say that because that is such a crucial part of your routine you need to find what connects you to the deepest core of yourself really in, in your routines. And that sounds like a really, really deep thing, but it, it's actually not as deep as you would think. Think about the things that you really enjoy. Think about the things that make you really feel grounded and really make you feel like yourself. And to me, that's your routine, whether that's in the morning, whether that's throughout the day, whether that's like, it depends what you can do and how often you can do it. But for me, MLK is a great example. I, aspire to have an ounce of the qualities that this man has, right? And reading about his thinking and his doing and his amazing work gets me into a different mindset. I'm not thinking about work in the way that I normally think about work. I'm thinking about work from a, how can I help people perspective? I'm coming at it from a completely different angle. Just because I read like five pages of a book. I'm not saying that I read 20 pages. I'll wake up. I'll do some exercise, I'll hang on, I got rings in my living room, I'll hang on my rings, I'll do like 10 push ups I'll like take a shower, all of those things, and my coffee in the morning, I don't drink it while I work, I drink it in a separate chair, just to like sit and enjoy the coffee for a second. Mm -hmm. And then when the coffee kicks in, I'm boom, ready to go. And whether that's working or doing my own thing, I'm just locked in. But routine is important to go to bed as well. You don't want like, to be sitting in front of screens until you go to bed. Keep, keep your devices out of your room if possible. Keep LEDs out of your room if possible. Get some blackout curtains. Do yourself a favor. Those are really important. Good air circulation in general is important. But like those little things will improve your quality of sleep tenfold. And your routine before bed, not staring at a screen up until like two minutes before you roll over, will also ridiculously improve your sleep. Um, there's so many things. Not eating. Not eating two hours before bed. I, that If I could say any one thing, do not eat between yeah. two hours and one hour before bed if you can do three hours.
0: That one's Huge. a little different. Just, just the way itis works. Uh, typically, you eat Stop. and then Stop. and then about no. 15, 20, 30 minutes, then <laughs> you're out. So <laughs> that one and the sleep. Let me tell you, that's a deep, that's a deep sleep. But no, yeah, you're also at higher risk just, for heart I'm, failure. I'm <laughs> just playing. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yeah, definitely. Oh. No, I definitely agree with you. There's there's so many tips there, and like I'm not gonna say that you know. I'm perfect because I think in some ways, like I'm still learning all this. There's a book called Why We Sleep that's on my reading list. Anyone's heard of the book. Apparently, it's just a revolutionary read uh, talking about the importance of sleep. But the phone one for sure, um, like disconnecting like half an hour, even up to an hour before you're ready to go to bed. Um, Definitely just more routine sleep. I, I heard this fact that some people think like, oh, you can just sleep eight hours, but the hours, if you were sleeping eight hours, like 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., is going to be way better for you than if you slept like 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. So it's not only about like the length of sleep that you get. It's also about when you're going to sleep, when you're getting up. Uh We talked about body clock a little bit as well. But yeah, for me, like I'm still on that sleep journey. I'm definitely getting better. Like like most nights, I'll go to bed 11, 1130, get up 7, 730. Um, but you know, sometimes you fall back into those bad habits where you're like, "Bro, it's one thirty. Like, why am I still mm. up thinking, or you know, working, or watching something?" So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get a little bit. That's about-
1: really big. That you don't want to start creating anxiety around sleep either. Like, that's a really big thing too. I I don't know how many people I've heard say that. You know, like you know you. Um, that you slipped. Your routine slipped for a night or something. You went to bed mm-hmm. really late or something. Mm-hmm. And then you're 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 screwed, right? And then your routine's kinda off and whatever. But that you just don't generate anxiety from that. Like you you can't yeah. get yourself all you, again, that guilty emotional thing, you can't just make yourself feel worse about something that happened. Like it's just yeah it just happened.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. And now my favorite segment on every episode, it's story time. And we leave y'all with some life lessons. Stay tuned. Just because we've like talked about Colonel By a little bit, um, my story is gonna be. I don't know if you remember, bro. The the last game of our season ever. Where we were oh, playing
1: what do you mean? You think? I- Yo, so bro, we're that ball
0: was supposed to go into my hands, bro. We're playing City. I think it was the quarterfinals. We're playing City quarterfinals. We had like a decent season. We we won some games. But we lost some games that we should have. We should have won. which should have given us better seating. Seating. But man, we were a really, really good team. Like just talented from like first five guys to like the, probably like a th- like a few guys off the bench. Um, but we're playing like the number one, the number one school in the city, which is Garneau. Um, they had a really good point guard. They had a few dudes who were just dunking, who were just athletic. Um, so we come into the game. We played amazing defense. I don't know if you remember, but we played triangle in two. So it was oh, yeah. me and Sean guarding Steve and Kadeem. Um, mm-hmm. Halftime, your boys are up 20. We were up 20 points on the best team in the city. And everybody's locked in. Like, I remember halftime, we weren't even talking to each other. Everyone was just on the bench, catching our breath, absolutely locked in. Come out in the second half. Obviously, this is a good team. So they make their run. They're chipping away. They're chipping away. Um, it's kind of going back and forth. I remember, actually, shout out Aaron Birch. I had a steal. I was going down, I gave him a little up and under pass. He made the layup, we were hyped. Um, And then eventually at one point, some random dude on the team banks in a three to tie the game, I was cheesed. Um, So we're going back and forth. It's coming down to the wire. And this is like the most important defensive possession of the season. And I'm gonna shout out Troy Curtis, but not in a good way. So I I tell Troy, I'm like, Troy, Oh no. What, whatever you do, do not oh, foul no. the point guard. He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, Troy, look at me, bro. We're up one. They have to make a shot. There's like 15 seconds left in the game. Mike, whatever you do, don't foul the point guard. He's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. So, we get into our stance. We're playing zone. Troy's at the top of the key. These guys are like initiating their offense. Time's ticking down. I'm yelling, don't foul. Don't foul. What does Troy Curtis do, bro? <laughs> the dude just decides out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He's like, just tries to go for a steal, fouls the dude. Obviously, you know, guy goes to the line, hits two free throws. I think I was on four fouls, so I had to foul at one point. So I, I get fouled out, and then it was like three seconds left in the game. I think we had to go full court. And this is where you're saying you should have got the ball?
1: <laughs> yeah, the play was drawn up for me. The play was drawn up for me and and then Sean Belair took a, took a half court <laughs> shot instead of passing the ball. Wait, what was the play though? <laughs> was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we were inbounding inbound from like our end, right? We took an inbound yeah, we took the full so we could inbound from the from the full court. And then the pass went into to Sean, expecting the double on Sean, and he was supposed to pass it up. He he missed the the catch and half dribbled it. Oh, I remember yeah. this like like yeah. it was yesterday. And because he half dribbled it, he still had time, but he panicked. Like and hardcore panic and just chucked it up at half and it was like total brick city. And I was open. I was like one on one against like a four foot nothing that It was like it was yeah, a joke. So, but, you know that was that season, that season was a joke, bro. We had way man, too the squad to let that happen.
0: <laughs> yeah man, we, we had a lot of fun. Um we won like one tournament. I remember we went to Toronto, had a blast but well, I was heartbroken after that. And to this day, I don't let Troy live it down. Every year, I just... I think it's usually on his birthday, Troy's like... You know, people were posting about Troy's birthday. And I just go and I say, yo, don't ever forget. First of all, happy birthday. But don't ever forget when you cost us a city championship by fouling a point guard 25 feet You're from good the basket when we're up one. Yo, you got to keep your friends humble. If there's anything you take away from this episode, don't put up with stupid... <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, what if
1: i told
0: you uh, i'm just playing but but yeah i think i think overall man just just tons of good memories with with this dude aiden Um, and as we get into the closing stages of this conversation just want to hear from you man if you were to share like a Mm -hmm. life lesson or something that you know you think would be beneficial from someone else our age or in this period of being in your 20s something that they would benefit from what would it be
1: listen, I got to borrow from Joel, but trust the process. Mm. Uh, and I mean that from like, you're, if you aren't out of the stage yet, I am just, just at the tail end of this. But that early twenties grind your face off mentality of like, why don't I belong in society? Where do I fit in? What should I be doing? That, that lasts a long time. And sometimes it can last all the way up until your thirties. It's a real thing. It's, that imposter syndrome another member of your uh life iq podcast talked about that all of all of these different things just trust process man and like at any stage of life you're at just trust the process like if you're doing you and you're doing you the best you can and you're paying attention to life and you're taking the time to enjoy life every once in a while even if it's like crazy hectic and you're taking some time yeah then trust the process things will work out
0: I like that, bro. Trust the process. Um, and, and like you said, uh, it's <laughs> like a lot of things in life. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, and I think there's moments, especially when we're young, we're like, I got to get it right now. Like you mentioned earlier, it's like, okay, this dropshipping thing, got it has to blow. Like I got to make those thousands and those millions yeah, right yeah. now. But I was re- talking to one of my friends recently and I was saying, the majority of people that we've actually even seen in society who've been successful, like, obviously certain certain like jobs and like things aside, like not th- talking about like TikTok or like all that kind of stuff. But the majority of people who become successful, man, it happens like in the thirties and forties, which are quote unquote later stages of life. So I really think like our twenties is the time where we're building those good habits, we're putting things into motion, you know what I mean, setting ourselves up for that success that might come later. And not to say, man, there's people in their twenties who could get it right now and all the power to you. But I think it's realistic to, to understand that that is not going to be everyone. So Mm -hmm. going through the process of it right now for, you know, that, that gratification down the line, mad important.
1: Couldn't have said it better.
0: Well, yo, Aiden, this was a blast, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, Thanks for reminiscing with me a little bit. Uh, You know, a blast from the past type of thing and then also i always appreciate anytime i get to talk to you man i like to hear the things that, that you're thinking about all the wisdom that you impart and um i'm looking forward to seeing what happens for us man are you, you're not 25 yet are you or you are 25 yes sir. yes sir you are 25
1: yeah you're what do you mean like damn i'm young two days <laughs> Two days after aaron birch Three days after, Aaron Bruce, man, you gotta I'm, remember that. <laughs> I'm young, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm just Nah, yeah. just... no, but man, listen, though. you you gotta change this thing from the life IQ to the life EQ, man. This is about emotional intelligence, and I love it. That's what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah, 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 no, I think it's important. I think it's a it's an underrated aspect, but um, I found that when we do talk about it. really important and i always personally i always walk away with some takeaways so life iq life eq life lq i don't know bro (laughs) (laughs) whatever hey whatever you want it to be whatever you want it to be that's what it is man